Hey there, Igniter. Monica Leonel from theworldneedsyourpassion.com. Today I'm going to be talking about Kickstarter versus Patreon. It's a question we've been getting a lot during our campaign, which you can see at kickstartyournovel.com. We are uh, doing a Kickstarter for our book, Get Your Book Selling on Kickstarter. And if you're wondering who I'm talking about when I say we, it's uh, myself and my co-author, Russell Nolte, who is a 18-time champ at Kickstarter. He's raised over $250,000 through um, comics, anthologies, and novels. And so he's just kind of a rock star at the Kickstarter Kickstarter publishing category. Um, he's just, he's fantastic. And so we've, we've co-authored our book, Get Your Book Selling on Kickstarter. We are um, co-hosting, handling, co-sponsoring. Co, um, I don't know. I don't know what we're co-doing, but um, we have a Kickstarter. It's at kickstartyournovel.com. And so you can back us until November 13th. 2021. So if you're watching this afterwards, that's okay. You can still get our book. If you're watching this before that, you can back us on Kickstarter. All right. So like I was saying, we have been getting a lot of questions about Kickstarter versus Patreon and which one should you do? <laughs> Why do you, you know, all, all sorts of stuff about it. And so the first thing that um, I want to say about this is that you can do both. <laughs> they are two different platforms. There's no exclusivity, non-exclusivity. You can do both. <laughs> so if you want to do a Kickstarter, you can do it. If you want to do a Patreon, you can do it. Um, so that's number one is that you don't have to choose between Kickstarter and Patreon. Uh, the second thing we want to say, or really, I guess I want to say, I did talk to Russell about this beforehand, so I feel like it's something we want to say, but I should probably just stick to the I for now. So the second thing I want to say about Kickstarter versus Patreon or Kickstarter and Patreon is that they are two really different platforms. So Patreon is a subscription platform. So even though you're trying to get fans on both of them. Patreon is about subscriptions. So people pay um, based on, I think it's like monthly. It, there may be a yearly one, I'm not sure. Uh, I think they can also pay based on um, updates. So if you wanna do, uh, you know, like eBooks, for example, and you don't put out an eBook every month, uh, they can pay based on like, you know, an event. So essentially like, okay, I put out an eBook and so you paid another amount, um, another pledge of whatever you were pledging. So I believe that's how Patreon works. Um, I, at least I, I know that's how it's worked in the past. I haven't, I don't have a Patreon right now, so I don't know the exact details or if things have changed, but that's kind of the way Patreon works. And so when you think about this, Patreon, um, it can be a challenge because Typically, people need to be pretty invested in your work already to join a Patreon because this isn't like a one-time thing that you're asking them to do. You're asking them to uh, pay a small amount month after month. And so you may be giving them a lot of cool stuff for that, uh, but that is what you're asking them to do. And so then the other thing about subscriptions is that you have to keep putting out content. So it's not going to be enough that like month one, you have all this awesome content and like, it's a great deal and blah, blah, blah. And so like everybody back to you. Well, every single month, somebody is 
essentially like reevaluating their purchase. So even though it can be automatic, you know, people are still looking at it. And when they're looking at their finances and looking at their bills, the first thing that people cut is subscriptions. And it makes sense because you can cut a subscription that's like $25 a month and you know that you're saving um, whatever that is, like $300 a year. <laughs> so that's kind of what people do. You know, that's why people are, they cut their cable bill, they cut their phone bill. Um, subscriptions, you know, especially, uh, you know, less important subscriptions, like people are probably going to cut their, um, their, you know, subscription to like Joe Schmo before they cut their subscription to their cell phone service, uh, for example, or to their water bill. Um, so, the, you know, that's going to be one that they cut um, more easily than some of their other subscriptions if they're if they suddenly encounter some financial difficulty that they need to pay for. So, uh, that's a challenge with Patreon. Um, I'm sure there are ways you can work around this. I'm sure there's lots of great stuff about how to work with that, uh, but it is a challenge. And so, you know, when, when I hear from people about Patreon, there are some people who have really successful Patreons, and there are also a lot of people who uh, they don't. Like, they have a small number of fans. It's bringing in like less than a hundred dollars a month and they have to constantly put out content for it. And so this isn't a diss on Patreon. I just want to be clear. Um, it's, it's still a great, it's a great platform to find your fans, to build fans, all of that stuff. But, uh, you know, there are limitations to it. So if you're making less than a hundred dollars a month, for example, you're making less than $1,200 a year for whatever efforts you're putting into Patreon. And so for something like Patreon, you need um, big num bigger numbers to make it work usually. Uh, so in order to, you know, to be making like $500, $1,000, like something that, you know, just feels like better and more substantial and like kind of makes the platform more worth it, you're gonna need either really high subscription tiers or you're gonna need more fans who are willing to do a monthly subscription for you. So that's Patreon. When you look at Kickstarter, it's a kind of a different thing. And the biggest difference is that the person, like what you're asking people to buy is only a one-time purchase. And so people, for whatever reason, they're often willing to buy like a $50 thing um, on Kickstarter or wherever um, instead of signing up for a $5 subscription, uh, just the psychology behind that is really different, even though it's, you know, roughly the same amount of money. Uh, and uh, I mean, I guess we could say like a $60 thing if we want to make it the exact same amount of money. But it's like people are kind of willing to do a one-time thing more because there's not this added commitment later on. Um, and then on the creator side, it's kind of the same thing. You received money for something, you delivered it, and there's no ongoing commitment. Uh, you can, you know, of course, have another Kickstarter. You can sell your books elsewhere and you can ask for, you know, you can continue the relationship with the reader there, but you're not asking them for more money uh, in that same, like, purchase that they're making on Kickstarter. 
And so the same is true for retailers. If somebody buys the first book of your series, there's really no obligation for them to keep buying. Uh, they get to make that purchase decision every time. And so it's the same for Kickstarter. And so the way that, uh, the way I think about Kickstarter is that it's a chance to make, uh, you know, really a larger sum of money all at once by increasing the revenue per customer or the revenue per reader. So I, you know, I've said this, um, before in a couple other videos, and I'm sure Russell has said this too, but the average backer amount that Russell gets is somewhere between 25 and $40. So when you look at a $10,000 campaign, he really needs under 500 backers to make that work. The same is true for our current campaign at kickstartyournovel.com. Uh, we have our campaign going, it's over 10 grand uh, at the moment, and we're you know not even halfway through the campaign. And we um, also are seeing that we have about, you know, a little over 350 backers and we have about 30, 31 or $32 per backer. And we expect that to increase as the campaign goes on as we started at, I think, like 26. And so it's just been steadily going up. So, you know, basically we're we're making quite a large sum of money off of a small number of people because we're just increasing that um, revenue per customer, basically. On Patreon, you can do that as well. You can get people backing at like a $25 tier or a $50 tier or a $100 tier even. Um, you can get that, but that's, you know, that's a big ask because it's not $50 one time or $100 one time, it's ongoing. Uh, so those are, that's, that's what we see as like the buyer psychology differences between the two platforms. So some of the things that we hear are that, you know, pe people are like, well, I'd rather invest in Patreon because, you know, I know I'm going to be getting that money every month. Um, instead of investing in Kickstarter, which is like a one-time thing. So one of the things that Russell teaches is really that you should not use Kickstarter as just a one-time thing. So yes, every campaign is um, its own thing, but Russell actually runs like four to five Kickstarter campaigns a year. Um, and he, he basically does it to cover production costs of his books or his series. He pretty much raises at least 10K on every single one. I think his highest was like, I don't know. I think it was over 30K, maybe up to 40K. I don't know, but you can actually go look. So I'm not going to worry about not having that number because Kickstarter maintains um, records of all that. So you can just go look on Kickstarter, Russell Nolte, type it in, and you can see what his biggest campaign was. Um, but yeah, he, he uses it regularly. And so, you know, yeah, he's doing like a new campaign every three months or so but he's making, you know, 10 grand plus off of each campaign. And he, the way he does it is pretty hands-off at this point. So now he's an expert at this. He's very good at his, at what he does and at his system. Um, so he's, he's able to be very hands-off, but he really doesn't spend much time marketing the, um, the Kickstarter during the campaign. Like he'll, he does a lot at the beginning, a lot at the end. And then in the middle part, he doesn't really do that much. And I've kind of found the same to be true for the campaign that we're running. 
we definitely took, you know, the first week of the campaign, we hit it hard. Um, the last week of the campaign, we intend to hit it hard again, but we have weeks two, three, four, and five, which is when I'm recording this, and we're not doing that much every day to <laughs> keep this uh, campaign going. And we're still seeing, you know, usually between 250 and $500 um, backed every single day of our campaign. And a lot of people might say like, that's not very much, but I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's, you know, it, it takes $333 a day uh, on retailers to make us make a five figure month. Um, so for us, you know, we're essentially hitting like what would be considered a five figure month every single day on uh on kickstarter right now and then at the beginning and at the end you know we were having like multiple thousand dollar like multi-thousand dollar days um and so we expect to see that that's kind of how kickstarter's trajectory of launching works so um yeah so we don't you know we think that you should do multiple kickstarters um especially if you have multiple pen names it's a great way to uh to have, you know, kind of another whole stream of income that doesn't really affect your retailer income. So I haven't seen that for myself. I've seen my retailer income is actually up this month that we're doing the Kickstarter, even though I'm doing nothing to increase that retailer income. Um, it's just, it's just uh, way up, like 30% up. So, um, that's kind of it. If you're looking at Kickstarter versus Patreon. So one, I think you should do both, first of all. And two, you know, I don't think a lot of people think that Patreon is worth investing in because there's this ongoing payment, but the ongoing payment isn't guaranteed. And it's pretty hard to actually get people into that ongoing payment for the buyer psychology reasons that we've talked about. Where with a Kickstarter, it's a one-time thing. Um, Russell really doesn't spend much time on his during um, during kind of like the dead zone of the campaign. He spends time on the launch. He spends time at the end, but he doesn't spend a lot of time promoting in between. So it's like you know a hand like it's probably like a week of your life um, to that you would dedicate. Um, so if you did four, you know, that's like maybe a month, but the income stream that he's receiving them and that he's been able to create, I think he's made 58,000 on Kickstarter thus far this year and only in October, uh, we're only in October of this year. That's not counting our current Kickstarter for which he's going to make a sizable, he's going to add a sizable amount to his, um, his earnings on Kickstarter. And then he's also doing one at the end of November that again is going to be another thing. So $58,000, that's a pretty, it's a large amount of money. Uh, for some people that would be a full-time income. So then I think last year he made over $70,000. So I don't have the exact numbers, but it was a lot of money. It was, it was not money that you would say is not like a good amount of money for, um, publishing especially. So, and then, um, yeah, with Patreon, I'm sure you could figure out how to make that much. Uh, we, you know, I haven't seen a ton of examples of that in the indie author space. I've definitely seen, huge Patreons like um, Shirtaloon, for example, has a huge Patreon subscription. I think that 
um, that uh, writer like kind of was only doing Patreon. That was kind of the main thing that they were doing. It wasn't like a side gig. Um, but I haven't seen any authors who are making, you know, 50k plus on Patreon the way that Russell is making it on Kickstarter. And the way that we've seen other authors, you know, Russell's not the only author who is doing like a 10k plus campaign. Um, we had a friend recently who did a Kickstarter and he... I think he raised almost 13k on his campaign and it was just for a trilogy and then he went and launched them on Amazon like a couple weeks later and he was making money on it there too <laughs> so he was doing really well with it um so we you know we think that uh like we certainly think everybody should be doing Patreon too like I'm I'm all about any type of direct sales that helps you deepen your relationship with fans but I I don't personally think that Patreon is like better than Kickstarter in any way. I actually think Kickstarter is probably easier because of the buyer psychology of the one-time purchase um, versus the buyer psychology of the monthly purchase, which is, it's hard to get that person to sign up to begin with. It's also hard to keep that person. Um, and there's like definitely, um, definitely a lot of, extras that you have to do kind of on an ongoing basis versus with Kickstarter, you do it once and, uh, hopefully it's, hopefully, you know, you, you complete your campaign and then you can decide if you're going to do another one. Um, so those are my thoughts on Kickstarter versus Patreon. I hope it's been helpful to you and it's okay if you disagree. I'm sure there are people who are going to disagree with me out there, but I wanted to get this out and just give people another way to think about it uh, that I think is really relevant and helpful. So the last thing is that we actually have uh, a, um, essentially a chapter in the book. It's a stretch goal but hopefully we'll hit it. We can hit, we can hit the stretch goal with your help. Um, but basically what we're going to be talking about is how you can use uh, Kickstarter to find fans and then how you can move them over to Patreon. And so we're going to give some of our ideas around that. Uh, Russell has a lot of great ideas. I have some ideas too. And so we're going to be doing a chapter on that. So if this is, if this topic is of interest to you, if you're struggling to get Patreon fans, if you're struggling to decide if you want to do Kickstarter, um, really if you're struggling with either platform, uh, we are going to be talking about this because they are both fan-based platforms and we think there's a lot of um, synergy. Synergy maybe is the word. We think there's a lot of synergy between the two platforms because they're both fan-based and um, direct sales base. So we'll be doing a chapter on that if we hit our stretch goal. So come on over to kickstarternovel.com and help us out. Check out the book. Um, the chapter, of course, is going to be in the book. So if you are interested in this chapter, um, first of all, help us hit our stretch goal. But then second, you know, help um, make sure you get the book <laughs> so you, you can get it at the digital tier or the paperback tier. That's all for me. I hope this has been helpful to you. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Have a great day.